I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. We're two whiskey pals serving a weekly whiskey podcast and rocking your whiskey world. Exploring the whiskies and distilleries of the world and meeting amazing people along the way. We'll be sticking our noses into our jams and all things whiskey. So fill your whiskey glass and join the fun. Hello, is that the Whiskey Sisters? Today we are chatting all things Glen Glassa and sample sand and release, but... I have a question for you. I was trying to YouTube or Google, like, how do you pronounce properly Glenclassa? So I found two ways, Glenclassa or Glenclasso. I would say Glenclassa. Was that not what, when we spoke to Stuart Buchanan, did he say Glenclassa? I got a feeling that that was how, yeah. But then when you find all these pronunciation kind of examples, a lot of people, and especially in the US, but lots of people were saying Glenclasso. Glenclasso. I'm yeah. going I'm going I'm going for the I'm going strong and confident. Yeah. As well as diving into our glasses of Glenglassa, Glenglasso of Sand End, we will also be welcoming a pal from Edinburgh in Scotland. She is an incredible artist and whiskey lover. But before we tell you more, let's please stick our noses into that latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. American whiskey distillers fear 50% EU tariffs from January. At the US-EU presidential summit on October 20th in Washington, an agreement was not reached between the US President Biden and European Commission President to permanently remove or extend the suspension of the EU's retaliatory tariffs on American whiskey. The US and the EU have had a long-running dispute regarding tariffs. In June 2018, the EU imposed a 25% retaliatory tariff on American whiskies in response to the US implementing tariffs on steel and aluminium. Aluminium. <laughs> I like the way Americans say aluminum. Yeah, it's a weird word. Uh, from 1st January 2024, the tariffs are due to come back into effect at the higher rate of 50%. Whoa. Ooh. Yeah, since the EU suspended its 25% tariff January 2022 American whiskey exports to the EU have bounced back and surpassed pre-tariff levels and I think this seems really unfair like I can see that obviously how it works with governments and place like you know you have to have a balance like I'll give you this you give me that blah 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 but all these whiskey industry people they've been putting a lot of money and effort into bringing their whiskies back to the EU and now they kind of got back into the groove and it's kind of like a snowball effect and it's work is getting better and better so now if they hit all these even higher tariffs all that money and effort is just for nothing and it's it's really unfair yeah it's a bit of a slap in the chops isn't it yeah exactly it just seems unfair Jean-Claude Van Damme, known as the Muscles from Brussels after his starring roles in films such as Street Fighter, Universal Soldier and Mortal Kombat, has launched Irish whiskey brand Old Oak. The actor revealed that he was initially hoping to release a bourbon, but a meeting with a friend convinced him to turn his attention to Northern Ireland instead. The name Old Oak derives from Derry County in Northern Ireland. The word Derry is an anglicisation of the Irish Gaelic word which means oak wood. Old Oak, three years old, sits at 40% ABV and is available online via Old Oak, old eyeballs that can't see <laughs> email addresses, Old Oak, Irishwhiskey.com for 34 95 
British pounds. And in the US, that's $42. The five-year-old whiskey is also bottled at 40% ABV and can be bought for £39.95. Um, do you remember when he was in Friends? I, that's what I think of him <laughs> in. That was so good, wasn't it? Yeah. Ross went to see the monkey yeah. in the filming studio and he, he was there. He was playing himself. Monica had like fancied him. Yeah. But then he wanted to go out with Rachel and all that. See, I prefer Monica. I should have chosen Monica. My husband always jokes that I'm Monica. <laughs> like, I literally went to, when, I, when we were doing Italian lessons and like group lessons, you know, if, if there's lots of other people, I was always sitting at the front sharpening my pencils and asking for more homework. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's Don't. the only way you learn. <laughs> Total Monica vibes. Love it. I can respect that completely. Do you know what? I do you know what I it's not that I don't respect it. No disrespect to old John Claude Muscles from Brussels, but I think should have maybe stuck with the bourbon. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. <laughs> probably, but I can see why it would be a bit harder if he's I guess he's is he based in the US though? He probably is. Yeah, I think he is. I don't know why. I just see him more as a bourbon guy. But then I guess a lot of these Famous people are going for the American whiskeys and bourbons or tequila. So it's kind of nice to have something a bit different. Yeah. Okay. Although, you know what I actually see, and this is kind of related to news. I saw that people, customers are actually paying about, I think it was 73% more for celeb endorsed brands. Yeah. Just shows you, doesn't that? What? When on the other hand, I personally avoid any celebrity endorsed brands because they usually are pretty crap. Mm-hmm. Apart from Metallica. For sure. So anyway, another week, another Scotch Malt Whiskey Society release. Another. Uh, they don't quit. Yes. So obviously they are still celebrating their 40th anniversary because it's the year of, so it's a whole year of celebrations. Whoa. And now they have released a 40-year-old single cask whiskey, which was first laid down in April 1983, the same year the Scotts Malt Whiskey Society was launched. That's nice. It is really nice. That's, that's a piece of history, that cask. So society cask number 12.79 was selected by a spirit team in 2018 and transferred to a refill Spanish oak Oloroso Sherry Hogshead to add a birthday cake spice character. Only 130 bottles will be available to purchase exclusively to Scotch Malt Whiskey Society members, with 40 members being selected randomly to receive a complimentary dram. I really hope one will be me. Oh, that's a nice touch. I like that, spreading yeah. the, spread the dram joy. Yeah, exactly. That's a really nice one. Actually, they did recently, they also selected 13 members all around the world to come and visit them in Leith. They also, these members were allowed to choose their cask, um, which was bottled then for that country. So that's also a nice touch, I think, getting people involved. Yeah, giving back to the members. Did they pay their flights? They were flown over, hotels booked, everything, like the whole whole Oh, juicy. Love that. Yeah. Let's rock. Victorian distillery Glenglassa was built in 1874 by local businessman James Moyer and 18 years later became part of Highland Distillers. The distillery is located in a super picturesque site just outside the Speyside region in northeast Scotland, close to the small town of Portsoy. 
Sorry to stop you there. It's such a cute place. So if any of our listeners want to have a quick look, go to their website and then on the left-hand corner, there's like a view button and it's the screen starts moving, gives you an amazing image of the distillery and of how close to it is to oh. the sea and everything. So really gives you the visuals. That's so nice. I remember when we spoke to Stuart Buchanan, the brand ambassador, he was talking about, you know, like maybe the images of people going to the beaches nearby in a camper van and how just it's super cute. Okay, so unfortunately a downturn in the market saw it close in 1907 and not reopen until 1960 again. It didn't start off well then either as blenders found it difficult to work with as their whiskey was one of those highly individual malts which didn't rub along particularly well with the other elements in a blend. Had the single malt market been up and running in the 1970s, its story might have been very different. But at the time, it was deemed surplus to Highland requirements when the whisky lock was filling in the early 1980s. When it closed in 1986 and the license was returned in 92, for a long time it seemed that a revival of the distillery was unlikely. No one thought it would ever reopen. Well, luckily for us, it did. So it was 2008, a Russian finance firm bought the plant and restarted production. In 2013, it changed hands once again, becoming the third member of the Benriach Distillery Co. with Benriach Distillery and Glendronach. Although there is obviously a massive 22-year hole in their stock, releases are being cleverly balanced between occasionally very old bottlings and accumulative works in progress from the new production. And Glenglasa was purchased along with Bendriach and Glendronach by Jack Daniels producer Brown Foreman in 2016. Mineral-rich water from the Glassa Spring microflora plenty of gorse around and the North Sea air are three subtle influences which together make the Glenglass a coastal malt whisky. The distillery and their warehouses are very close to the sea as Inca was just explaining so we are definitely expecting plenty of maritime notes from today's dram. In 2023 Glenglass got a facelift as they launched three new expressions the 12, Sandend and Port Soy all in amazing new bottles that gets inspiration from the coast elements. Rachel Barry, master blender at Glenglassa Distillery, said the new portfolio brings together all the key elements of Glenglassa's spirit. Inspired by a truly unique coastal location, the new expressions transport us to a place where the spirit is awakened and soul invigorated, inviting us to stop, take a breath and appreciate our surroundings. The new bottle design is really lovely and you really do get that kind of, the waves coming in and yeah, it's beautiful. Really nice. Although Stephen, I was reading that quote there, inviting us to stop, take a breath, which is just so gorgeous and poetic, but I was hearing in my head, stop, break it down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So before we sample the sand end, let's... Chat with the special guest. Nicola Cairns is an Edinburgh-based artist. Her brand is called Forever Wild Custom and she creates amazing artwork, limited edition prints and our favourite custom clothing. Yes, how excited are we to speak to her? Nicola is a Scottish-born contemporary artist who specialises in figurative work. I'm not even really sure what that is, but maybe she'll explain some more. She's exhibited in New York, Cannes and London and her... Art includes a lot of interesting faces, strong, sexy women full of attitude and is inspired by many aspects of music and culture. So let's get her on. Whiskey sisters, whiskey pals. 
Hi. Awesome. Hi. It's great to have you on the show. We are huge fans of your work, especially huge. all the custom clothing. I'm just loving all the leather and the boots and the jackets and everything. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So why don't we start with a little intro on what you do and where do you get your inspiration from? Well, I'm an artist and I, as well as painting a lot of figurative work, I also have started customising leather jackets, denim jackets and trainers and boots, bags, anything actually. And uh, I think I started doing it just because I wanted something different on my jacket. And I remember people doing it, seeing people doing it like in the 70s and 80s, all the kind of rockers and thinking it was really cool. So yeah, I just, um, I wanted to, I like wearing things that are a wee bit different and I just wanted to have something different. And then I just kept doing it and people seemed to really like it as well. So I called it Forever Wild Custom because I just, I saw like a wee cartoon thing once and it said um was it wild forever and I was like I love that I always think I just want to be wild forever that's just what I want to be and so that's where it came from so it's forever wild custom and what a motto to live by I love it I love it especially being a woman I think and getting a bit older as well because I've just turned 48 last week and I just think everyone I don't know it's changing a bit now but it's like you've got to kind of tame yourself a little bit or or be a certain way or not wear certain things or anything like that. And I hate it. I hate it. I think we should just be whoever we want to be, wear whatever we want to wear. and Preach that. Put that on a jacket and wear it. <laughs> exactly. I decided about 20 years ago I was getting too old to buy things in the teenage section of H&M and then I quickly remedied that by deciding never too old. Never too old. Never. And we really would encourage our listeners that are unfamiliar with your work to check it out because, you know, Inca's asked about where your inspiration's from, but everything that we love, Inca, yeah. you seem to like draw. We're like, oh, we you love guys it. as well. I love I'm this. Like, oh, because he started following me on Instagram and then I saw you guys and I was like, oh. Who are they? They're amazing. <laughs> they were all like, and they're all like, and whiskey. And I just thought they are badass bitches. And <laughs> I love that. And I uh, like, like, when with all the, a lot of the figures that I paint are women as well. And they're always really strong, sexy, cool women and like got a bit of an attitude about them. That's you guys as well. And I like, <laughs> <laughs> just so. absolutely love everything you do the cherries, the women, I, the flame boots, just everything rocking, <laughs> cowboy know. sexiness. It's just mind blowing. Ah, thank you. It was funny. We were when we did our one of our first photo shoots for the podcast and stuff, Uh and Jen Jen sent me pictures. Look what I got for us, and it was giant like heel flame boots. I have them. I saw you guys got them. I was like, yes, so cool. I think we're gonna wear them for the Glasgow Whiskey Festival. Oh, you should. 100 percent you'll also be about 80 foot taller than everyone else there as well. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. it you can never be too tall or you know mm-hmm. never too old to wear such you know attire exactly where do you get your inspiration from like oh everything uh, loads of things I love um I love films like I, I love it ever since you know kid I just love I love old films like I love Hitchcock films and big MGM musicals Gene Kelly and all that kind of thing but um I think it's just the colors are so saturated yeah it's so bright and like over the top and 
crazy. I also love Tarantino films. I think I, I, saw, yeah. I saw Reservoir Dogs and then I saw Pulp Fiction when I was a student and I went to see it about five times in the cinema and I went through about four boyfriends at the time. I went with a different voice to go and see this film. Have you seen Death Proof? Yes, I have. It's amazing. I, I love that one, yeah. Well. But I am um, really into sort of the 70s, 60s, 70s at the time, and um, black exploitation films, and just like Pam Greer and all these really cool, amazing women and men. Yeah. I uh, I was just like the soundtrack to this. Everything, everything was amazing. So I love that, and I love um, Baz Luhrmann films like Romeo and Juliet. I remember seeing that. Oh, such a good film! I know, and then Moulin Rouge as well. I just love the big, like I want to live in that big elephant. Loads of different things, um, fashion, like Vivian Westwood, and just a lot of a lot of different things. Mm music you mentioned we uh, we all connected on instagram and i don't know if it was maybe through david brody who works at one happen in uh, isla and i was like oh who is this woman he's speaking <laughs> to and connected there uh-huh. and not all of course fascinated and were total fangirling over your art but you're a massive whiskey fan right huge huge whiskey fan could you tell us just a wee bit about your whiskey journey how it all began you know and what kind of whiskey that you like to sip on well the very first whiskey well I used to have actually whiskey we stored our whiskey and dry at the bar because that's what my mum used to drink when she was younger and I thought it sounded really cool but it was just like random old bells or grouse or whatever yeah I, I never ever thought I liked whiskey like neat whiskey I'd never ever tried it and then I met my husband and I remember well when we were going out he took me away on a wee trip to Balahulish and we went to a restaurant there and he's like you have to try you have to try a dram you have to have one when you're here so I had a Macallan 10 was the first whiskey I ever drank and I loved it but then he also did like a wee whiskey tasting thing in his flat for me oh, and smooth oh, moves on his part I think he was just trying to get me drunk Uh, (laughs) but I tried it was Laphroaig 10 was uh, the one that I tried and I was like oh my god what is this I love it I loved it so much and that is my first love and I I love um, I love the Isla malts especially and Laphroaig 10 only purely because it was the first one I tried and that's what grabbed my heart grabbed my wee whiskey love that's amazing it's very unusual to instantly like fall in love with that kind of I Especially that medicinal. That's like TCP. Loads of people say, oh, that in our bag. It's like TCP and they can't drink it. But I love it. And I love Optimore, um, uh, Lagavulin 16. And yeah. So many, so many whiskeys. I think I love I love smoked food, you know, like like smoked fish. And um, I love the smell of bonfires and matchboxes, which I know is a bit weird. But I love the smell of matchboxes and petrol and like just yeah bonfires and things like that I love them quite strong kind of smells like that yeah I saw earlier that you were sipping a whiskey so what was what's in your glass today I am drinking a scotch malt whiskey society bottle and it's chili chunky chips so I think it's a feta cairn actually and it says it's sticky toffee pudding followed by panna cotta tarts and lingonberries diluted with a lip smacking mango chili sauce for chunky oven chips 
So <laughs> yeah, and there's a chunky oven chips in it. So it's making me hungry, actually. Yeah, uh, when we <laughs> need some snacks, whiskey snacks. Yeah, I think the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society need you to illustrate their whiskey names because I can just see that done in your amazing style. Oh wow, yeah, that's amazing. They have such a funky names. Like I remember one one's really funny. It's like uh, firefighters in um, net stockings or something like that. It's yeah. just like giving you all these images. It's really funny. I know pirate ones. I love the pirate ones. Uh, there's been a few, and there's ones about cowboys and uh, all these different things. I love it. I love it. A hot yeah. coal in the mouth was one. Like, was like, <laughs> In their mouth. Yes, definitely. You could do illustrations for their labels. That would be amazing because they often have funky artwork and amazing yeah. colors on their labels. Oh, that's right. We're putting that out to the universe. It's Scotch Society and Nicola Hookup. <laughs> so, how how long you've been a member? I I'm not actually a member. It's Mally that's a member. Oh. Um, but it was me that bought the membership initially. We oh god, I don't know. It was about ten years ago, maybe. Yeah. Maybe uh, I reap the benefits of yeah. That. <laughs> I think if you're the same same household, you don't both have to be members because you can yeah. go. And there's a there's a girl Hannah that worked here, and she was really cool. And she used to do lots of little give the lots of little taste of things. It was like hmm. I used to yeah leave there. Like, it was a bit of a a death trap. The one on Queen Street going down the stairs afterwards. Yeah, I was always in ridiculous shoes as well, some sort of ridiculously high heels. So. <laughs> And as well as being at bars and enjoying drams, and we're all chatting tonight, having a wee huh? sip, what is your relationship with whiskey and your art? Because if I'm remembering correctly, I've seen some posts on Instagram that you're maybe enjoying a dram whilst being creative. Quite a few posts on Instagram, I would imagine, involve whiskey. <laughs> no, I really enjoy sitting in my wee studio with a dram. Um, my favourite time actually it's like a Sunday it's like a Sunday afternoon and I'm like I, I love having a dram then and sitting painting away and it's just all quite chilled out in my house and I just I like it a lot but yeah anytime really does it help with creativity or can you get <laughs> you so. in the zone yeah because it just kind of relaxes you a bit you just feel pretty it's just nice it's just something nice about it it's kind of comforting almost as well just like a wee warm and dram sitting painting away I've usually got like a podcast on possibly yourselves or or something and I just I love it it's just like my week because I shut the door and I can't hear my children or my dogs and uh, that's nice (laughs) for a little while (laughs) so how do you like your whiskey I guess neat but do you also drink it other ways or if you have different types of whiskeys do you change how you drink it do you drink whiskey cocktails I generally just drink it neat but I have had I like it with ginger as well, like with a ginger mm-hmm. ginger ale. I like that too. Mm-hmm. And depending on what it is, like I love uh, Chivas. I love Chivas Regal as well. And I love um, Johnny Walker Black too. And I think they're really nice with, uh, although I can drink them both neat as well, but I like them with ginger as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had Laphroaig in a Bloody Mary before. Oh yeah, that works. Amazing. It's just yeah. Like, I love like a really spicy. It's got to be super spicy and have loads of Worcester sauce in it as well. And then the Lafroy just gives it another bit of oomph. Love it. Definitely. And because you're drinking casks, drink whiskies with the Scots Malt Whiskey Society, obviously. Yeah. Do you just drink it 
on its own? Do you add any water? Do you like to add a few drops? Or? I don't add any water, but I know with some whiskies that people like to do it and they say it changes the flavour and opens up the flavours. And I know, and I have tried it, but I don't know. I just never, ever do it. I never do it. Just drink it as it is. We're the yeah. same. We're familiar with this, aren't we, Inca? Yeah. I you're listening to you guys talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just, they all just become too spicy. But if you add water yeah i always find yeah. everything becomes too spicy too spicy no i just think it should be left as it mm. as intended <laughs> you were talking about stoting down the stairs at queen street yeah. in edinburgh after a night out yeah. where we love a wee shimmy over to edinburgh uh-huh. but where would you recommend do you have any other kind of favorite places in edinburgh you would recommend whiskey lovers visit well, I love I love the the video rooms. Not necessarily just for whiskey. It's just a really cool, beautiful venue. It's all black and gold inside, and it's above the Cafe Royal, and it's just got these yeah. beautiful big arched windows, and it's gorgeous. And it's got quite a lot of my artwork in it. Oh, <gasps> cool! Um, but yeah, they do. But they do nice whiskey cocktails as well. They've really got really great bar staff. And usually really good music on. I like Lady Libertine as well, which is on Thistle Street. It's a beautiful, uh, not Lady Libertine. I do like there, but that's in a completely different place. I like um, the Bon Vivant, which is on Thistle Street. And it's kind of really dark. I like um, really dark kind of. Moody places. And kind of dark moody pubs. And uh, I, like, I love old man pubs as well. Oh, like, yeah. Um, For sure. Pub, oh, I've forgotten. The halfway, is it the halfway house? And you go up a wee close, you got some stairs, like super steep steps yet again. But it's brilliant. It's a brilliant pub and it's just full of wee old men. And it's great. I love it. Sometimes the best nights ever unfold in an old man's pub and you make the best whiskey pals. Hi. Well, down on the bottom of Leith Walk as well, there's uh, the Central Bar, which is nuts. And my big brother's in a like, classic rock covers band and um, he's a singer. So go no way! Yeah, I go and see him with my buddies sometimes. That's a bit of an old man's pub. What's the name of the band? It's called Why Not. Why I not? love a covers band. And so do I. I mean, you just end up singing along with all the old crazy men and it's... So do you wear one of your custom leather jackets to these to these gigs? Always. Oh, so good. Always. And you've maybe seen, as some of our listeners have seen, our cheesy movie parody of last Halloween when we did our take on The Lost Boys. I love the this. <laughs> I saw it. Get the, you have done the most amazing uh, jacket, a Lost Boys one with Kiefer Sutherland's face. Uh, Tell us a bit about that. It's so cool. I did that. It's actually my friend Kyle's who used to own the video rooms, but he's just uh, sold up there. But um, yeah, he's a big Lost Boys fan and he loves these leather jackets. And I did a Misfits one. He loves the band The Misfits as well. Mm-hmm. So I did like mm-hmm. Skull, you know, the Skull on the back. Yeah, yeah. And then he asked me to do a uh, Kiefer Sutherland's Lost Boys one. But then do the outside like some writing on it like a motorcycle jacket type thing yes I did that and I was just oh loved it right up my street really really enjoyed that it was brilliant because I remember drawing that same picture when I was like 15 yeah you're really good at um painting people just super realistic the details and it's just amazing very skilled I love painting I love people's faces I love painting faces I love painting people's eyes the most I really enjoy it and you did a recent kind of I don't know if it was like a challenge forgive me I can't remember the name of it but you were given a prompt can you tell us a bit about what that was all about 
Yeah, that was Inktober. And it was my oldest son that was like, he says, you should get involved in this. You should be doing this. And every day you're given a word. Um, So it's on Instagram and you're given a word and you have to draw something in pen and ink from this word. 31 in total. So there's the word dangerous or I've forgotten all the words, golden, drip, all these different kind of words. And I had to do a drawing from them, which was really good, actually, because it's been a while since I've done pen and ink drawings. And it kind of just got me back into it again. And they're quite quick and quite loose compared to my painting, you know, which take a lot longer to do. So they were really good fun to do and I decided if I was doing them, I could sell them and then give half the money to Bernardo's, the charity, children's charity. So done raised quite a wee bit of money for them as well, which has been really good. They seem to be quite popular. So one of the things you'll maybe know, having listened to a few of our episodes, that when we have an epic guest on, we love to know who they would love to sip a whiskey with, their dream dram. So somebody famous, dead or alive, that you would hook up with and share a whiskey. Who would it be oh and what, what whiskey would it be? I don't know. Do you know, I think Jack Nicholson would be pretty <gasps> crazy. Jack Nicholson. I think I'd get on pretty well with him. I think we'd have a laugh. Don't you yeah. just love Jack and his crazy eye and his I do love him. Yeah. I was like, and you'd never know what was going to happen next. Yeah. So much amazing energy. And would you bring out one of your um, PT favourites? Would you bring out your Laphroaig? I probably would. It would probably be a Laphroaig 10, actually. I probably would. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. I love that. I think it'd be great fun. That's a really good answer. Or Oliver Reed, actually. But he'd maybe drink everything. Everything. <laughs> but I love him too. Have you seen the picture of Jen on our socials where she's peeking through the pole and holding a bottle of Bunahaven? Where's Bunah? I've not know. seen that one. It always makes me think of... It says we're done. I love it. Oh, it's creepy. <gasps> but who doesn't love an iconic film and feel inspired by it? And you know, know. the shining with the whiskey references, like the scene in the bar and stuff with yeah. Jack Nicholson's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love him. I think he's a great actor. So if any of our listeners would be interested in buying any of your, your artwork or do it, do it. getting any do custom it. done, <laughs> Actually, talking about the customs, so people just give you, they would give you their jackets or their shoes or they whatever they want. Yeah. Does it have to be always leather or can it be other materials as well? Other materials too. I've just painted on a Harrington jacket, actually. Wow. Or someone who has a travel company and they wanted all the different aspects of their travel company on the back of a red Harrington jacket. So that's kind of cotton pretty much anything. Really. If I win the lottery, I'm going to wear head to toe Nicola custom every day. Oh, every day, every day. <laughs> so, anyway, if anyone, our, any of our listeners, would want to get involved or buy any of your your prints or your paintings or get mm-hmm. custom stuff done, what should they do? This is your time to give I, all the details. Well, if you could go on Instagram, and I have I'm Nicola Cairns artist on Instagram, but I also have my Forever Well custom account on Instagram as well. Or you can email me at nicolacairnsartist.com. Amazing. And we'll add some of those links to the episode descriptor. I also think we should at some point set the intention to meet in the voodoo rooms wearing flame-heeled boots and drink whiskey together. All in the flame-heeled boots. There's stairs there as well. All these places have crazy stairs. 
Oh, it was really kind of you asked me, to be honest. No, we really appreciate it. It's really lovely to meet you, Nicola. Phil, I know you already, you know, yeah, you guys we know too. you already. I know, no, it's lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank, Thank you so much. Be in touch. Dram on fire. Glenglassa Sandend is inspired by the Crescent Beach of Sandend Bay, where the distillery resides, matured in bourbon, sherry, and manzanilla casks. By sherry, I'm assuming they mean Oloroso, as they're the most common type of sherry casks used in Scotch production. Obviously, manzanilla is also a type of sherry. It's bottled at 50.5% ABV and gifted to us by our lovely listener. Thank you very much. Again, thank you so much. Listen up, Buttercup. Hi, dear listeners. This is Inka, and I just wanted to stop this episode or pause this episode for a minute to just kind of do a little disclaimer. Basically, while I was editing this episode, I realized that there's been a little mix up with the samples that were sent to us by one of our listeners. What follows next is my tasting notes for actually for the Toravake from two episodes ago rather than the sand end. It turns out that the samples got mixed up when they were sent to us or just my samples. So the Toravake and sand end, they had wrong labels on basically. So while I was editing this episode, I realized that my tasting notes actually are very peaty. But sand end, it's not peated. And then when I listened back to Toravek episode, that shows that Chen's tasting notes were more peaty, like more similar to this one. So there's definitely been a mix up. So bear with us. Just keep it in mind <laughs> that my tasting notes are now uh, for Toravek. But yeah, things happen. It's a very whiskey sisters thing, I think. Normally it's Chen who's mixing up the samples, but <laughs> hey ho. Anyway. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Whiskey sisters! Yeah, I'm excited to try this because, you know, those bottles were talking to me really when they first came out. So I've been desperate to try some. Uh, okay, so let's start with the color. Very kind of light golden. Light golden, nice apple juice color. Yeah, like a supermarket apple juice. <laughs> as opposed to your homemade yeah <laughs> so it's quite interesting the nose was giving me bubble gum some oh. thick yeah thick honey banana pancakes with oats or oh, I, I put oats in my banana pancakes so obviously the bananas are super ripe so they're quite sweet i was getting real vanilla custard and then i was thinking you know like when you eat something sweet like say vanilla custard and then you also at the same time eat a couple of crisps Yes, I know that experience. Um, and with air, it was also giving me toffee popcorn. You know, those toffee coated popcorn that are a little bit crunchier than your normal average popcorn. I love that popcorn. To me, those notes sound delicious. But were you enjoying it in the nose? Yeah, I did actually. I think it definitely helped to give it some time getting much more. I do that. The whole potato chippy sweet combo is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I found it quite delicate on the nose at first. I was getting lots of kind of, maybe I was inspired by my apple, supermarket apple juice color note, but I was getting kind of crisp green apple, gooseberry jam, crushed green grape. So quite 
fresh green fruits. And then I got like a little waft of seashells, you know, the small white seashells as if you've put them in your pocket of your green mm. jacket when you're out of walks. So not quite salty and oceany, but maybe just a hint of that, almost like rainwater drop kind of slight smell. Then it did get a bit sweeter on the nose. And as I'm going back now, much kind of sweeter apple pie, kind of maybe stronger bourbon notes on the nose for me. It's funny you said the crepe because at one point when I was noticing it earlier, I was thinking, am I getting crepes? Am I getting which crepes? And I wasn't sure and I didn't put it down because I wasn't quite, I yeah. really know. So actually, makes I was getting, you know, like quite plump, juicy green grapes, but they're kind of crushed open and that, that kind of fresh mm-hmm. smell. So palate then was uh, quite a difference. I think this is from the first kind of sips that it hasn't sat in the glass for too long. I was, the bubble gum was transferring into the palate. I was getting like salty, bonfire-y smoke, you know, when the smoke just goes into your mouth when you're, or like a fireplace smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was getting lots of coal and ashtray and I felt like it was quite like violent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, you know, there was maybe some well-cooked beef or like, you know, those when the edges get kind of crisp, almost crispy, but like burnt, like black. So you're still charred. Kind of that char- yeah, charred. That's the word. Heavy, you know, like coal and astray and quite aggressive smoky notes. Then with some like oak biscuit with air, I was, I started to get a bit more like bring grapefruit and some pear. Um, it definitely mellowed down a much more and I was getting more caramel. Even the popcorn was coming through. And those caramel top digestive biscuits. Did you like the blend of that kind of smokiness and sweetness coming through? I did, but when the when the initial all the coal and stuff that was quite aggressive, I didn't really necessarily enjoy that because I wasn't getting sweetness so much. Ah, okay. So it was started off very kind of intense, and then the sweetness was coming after the. So now it's much more balanced for me. Wow, I had such a different experience, Inca. I was sipping mine outside, whether that makes any different or not, who knows. But I got the sweetness initially and almost kind of, you know, really quite delicious sweetness, like cinnamon buns with that, like drizzles of white icing, then maybe like juicy, creamy peach panna cotta. And then I got a bit more of a kind of punchy cardamom and then a little hint of like sea spray saltiness. But I didn't really get any kind of savoury or peatiness until the finish was a bit ashy. And even then I found it quite sweet, kind of sour marmalade sweet on brown bread on the finish. Yeah, it was funny actually, because when I was getting all those kind of heavy notes and then I let it sit in the glass and I was, even now when I tip it, it's much more mellow. So definitely the air helps. But I was getting a little bit like, oh, it just, I'm not, I, I didn't think it would be so intense and I was re- checking some other tasting notes online afterwards and no one was really getting what I, uh, no one mentioned these before and I'm like oh but I think that just shows how much it evolves with the air how about the finish then for you a little bit ashy quite a long finish the zest citrusy was still there maybe like a sourish marmalade on brown toast brown seeded toast and then a wee bit of ashiness yeah, there's definitely that kind of slight drying ashiness on the on the finish. And I agree, it's reasonably long. I was getting like, you know, sea salted, like those big crunchy. Yeah, yeah. But salty bits. Sea salted roasted potatoes and then some oak and lingering black pepper. Oh, very nice. And again, those quite strong savoury coming through for you. Yeah, definitely. 
I've also written gratifying. How come? I just felt sometimes I get like a a kind of sense of peace with the universe when I drink whiskey. And it's kind of a little bit when you eat carbohydrates and feel slightly woozy on them and you just think, hmm, oh yeah. So I was getting that. So you you liked it? Very much. Not my usual ones that I like and get super excited about kind of big ass cherry bombs. But I just found this one very intriguing, delicate, but quite punchy. And as if it was quite a evolving journey of aroma and flavor. I don't know yeah. if it's because I was thinking a lot about the landscape and coastalness, because that's my kind of, that's my jam. That's my favorite kind of space in the universe by the coast. So I don't know if how much does that influence you kind of mentally, yeah. emotionally? Don't know. Yeah, definitely. I think it does. But it's good. That's the whole point of whiskey, really. I think, oh, that's what I like to think is the point. <laughs> Bringing you back and connecting with all these different happy things. Did it fall short for you, Inca? It did a little bit. I think it's a bit, I don't know. It's something. Initially, I was quite excited because even the mouthfeel was quite satisfying, I guess. It was a bit heavier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just the flavors. I love salty dram as well. So I was re- maybe my expectations were too high. Ah, right. Maybe. Because, uh, you know, you know me, peat, so, like savory stuff. Yeah. That's my jam. So I just felt a bit, I wish it would have been a slightly sweeter maybe or just a little bit more caramel notes would have gone really nicely with this one just some kind of softness just to balance take the edge of the sharper pt tones but i didn't hate it and i still want to try the the 12 year old and the other one it was called potroy or whatever it's called i'm still gonna try those i always think like the sample test for me is I've got so many bottles that I've just like not bothered finishing the sample because I'm just like, yeah, that was okay. But when I keep pouring and I'm checking how much left I've got, I just think, nah, I, I like it. As simple yeah, as that. That's that's very true. I actually, I'm going to do an infinity bottle finally, probably this weekend, with all those little tiny end bottles like I have just, you know, 20 mils there and 50 mils there and whatever. I'm going to mix them up and see what comes of it. Because otherwise I never drink them. Well, this is the thing. I'm intrigued to see how you find it. Because I think I'm a bit terrified of the sound of them. Like it feels like kind of, I don't know, like scraps all added together. But then surely it's just like, yeah. Infinity bottle. You add stuff to it, you try some of it. Then you keep adding more. You You just keep adding and adding. So it never ends. I was doing a big whiskey clear out and gave a family member loads of all my little bits and bobs and he was going to make an infinity bottle so I'll need to find out if he's done it and what his thoughts are on it. That's quite interesting. It's like a wee experiment, isn't it? Making potions. Yeah, and it gives you good use for your decanters, beautiful decanters. Yes. Oh, I'll need to fill my skull decanter again. Good shout. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. So do you think there can be such thing as corked whiskey? You know how wine can be corked and taste off. Well, I haven't really thought about it. Really? So obviously I'll tell you because I've been thinking about this. <laughs> okay. You know, even you had that quite recently or last year, I remember you had a whiskey and the cork broke as well. Yeah, oh, actually that was a nightmare. And I yeah. didn't tell the people that gave, I should have just told them, but I just felt guilty. Obviously if the cork breaks, it still doesn't mean that the whiskey is corked, like it affected the flavor, but it, yes. it can be the sign 
that is dried out and so on. But mm-hmm. anyway, so whiskey's higher alcoholic strength and aromatic intensity make it more difficult to pick it up, whether it's, you know, been corked. But it does happen and it translates in similar ways. So there is smell of wet newspaper or cardboard or something stale, kind of musty, kind of fisty smells. And the whiskey industry is using more and more cork in their bottles, unlike wine industry, which is going more screw tops. It's not really a surprise that there would be some corked whiskey on the shelves in the shops. The main culprit is a chemical compound in the cork, but the levels that it needs to hit aren't always as easily identifiable to everyone's nose and palate. Like we might not know that we're drinking whiskey that isn't slightly off. It's happened to me a few times that I'm thinking, mm, doesn't this kite smell right? But distilleries have safety checks and ways to transport corks. But even then, there will be occasional incidents of corkiness, basically. They can also be potential issues at home or in bars. This is quite interesting. I read if you have used a chlorine-based cleaning product to wipe the surfaces, work surfaces in the bar or at home, and then you place the cork on top of it afterwards, that Mm. could already cause cross-contamination. Oh, of course, because the cork would absorb potentially. Yeah, even if it's just a little bit, yeah, it will absorb. And then uh, once you put the cork back into the bottle, it will ruin your whiskey. Gosh, yeah, I haven't even thought of that. Yeah, but I was just going to ask you, like, have you ever, do you remember any occasion that you've tried a whiskey in a bar or somewhere and you just think, oh, it just doesn't quite work see thinking back i might have done but whether i've just gone oh this whiskey isn't for me this is like rotten smelling or whatever yeah and that's just maybe thing. thought it's my pr- you know is this just a aroma and taste that's not to my preference i probably would have thought that yeah well that's funny because just happened to me last summer and it was kind of slightly embarrassing because i, I was in a bar because you always talk about the open 14 so i gave yeah. it a try I was just like, oh, the nose was hideous. And it's just the taste. I just, I really didn't like it. And I thought, this can't be right. But so I was saying like, oh, I think this is whiskey is off. Uh-huh. But then no one really, I don't think people really know that whiskey can be off. So did you feel like you were being a diva? Yeah, I did. Then like once, I, once the words came out of my mouth, I was very embarrassed because all my friends were kind of making fun of me and being like, oh, God, she's like, you know, she does just a whiskey podcast. The she thinks, yeah, she does a podcast and she thinks she's no, she knows, knows it all. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like embarrassing. But I'm convinced that there was something wrong with that whiskey because you always say how good it is. I love Open 14. And but I, I guess that's really... not to say that you will love it, but I'm going to actually buy a bottle soon. So I'll give you a sample. It'd be so intrigued and, you know, we must feed back what you think of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm interested to see whether that was the same experience, whether I was a diva or I was right. Much harder, though, I guess, if it's a whiskey you've never had before. If it's yeah. one that you're familiar know, with that you, you have often... I think a lot of it, like if you have that, like I think the the kind of wet damp smell and that kind of wet dog, like I get wet dog a lot with wine, like red wines especially. Or oh yeah, and I think it was like students' laundry. Yeah, it was just not like didn't even smell. Okay, I've tried a lot of whiskeys that I don't like, so it it was just a bit off. But again, yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe I was wrong, or maybe I wasn't. But anyway, so if, if you do buy a bottle or something, and you think there's some issues with the new bottle and the cork, you can take it back to the shop, 
and complain. But if they don't know what you're talking about, because they might not, but they should, you could just send it directly back to the producer or the distillery or the bottler and just say, this is not right. And they should then reimburse you or send you a new bottle. Consumer rights. Yeah, I think it's nothing wrong. You're spending money on your whiskey. If you do like genuinely think that it might have been cork, I, I would definitely challenge it. Maybe go initially when you think that and not when there's just a couple of drams left yeah. in the bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or don't go putting chlorine into cork and then sending it back because you didn't like it in the first sip. Sabotage. <laughs> yeah. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. So, listeners, we hope you enjoyed our amazing Whiskey Pal Nicola. Please, if you haven't already seen her super funky art, check it out. In our next episode, we will be featuring the latest from Glasgow Distillery. Oh, and could you know that's still our most listened to episode, our previous episode on Glasgow Distillery? Almost double. Yeah. The, the average episode, super yeah. popular. You may have already seen that they've released calf strength versions of their core range and we are joining the team on the 11th of November at Glasgow Whiskey Festival in Hamden. So please do come and say howdy and sample some of their epic whiskey with us if you happen to be going. That'd be really nice to say hello. For sure. And next episode will be out on the 22nd of November as we go on Whiskey Business. Whoa. We will be heading to the darkest, deepest corners of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll visit distilleries and drink whiskey and yes. gather material for the next episodes. A couple of selfies in there as well, Inca, for good measure. For sure. We'll keep you hanging on and actually won't reveal all the deeds. Please, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, X at Whiskey Sisters, and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. Looking forward to seeing you for whiskey adventures soon, Sugar Plum. Look forward to seeing your flaming drams. No, not drams. Oh, drams. I was going to say heels, but drams <laughs> came first. Feeling so. <laughs> you and your flaming drams in your flaming heels. <laughs> yes to that see you soon honey see you may your glass be full and your dram on fire